Welcome back to Obscura Broadcasting's podcast, Famous Last Words. This is the final episode of 31 Days of Horror. And hopefully you've been along the ride for us all month long. And we've had a good time. And so I'm Teresa. And on the phone with me, still in the great state of Texas, is Andrew. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How, are, uh, how have you been enjoying the 31 Days of Horror? The 31 Days of Horror has been a surprising challenge. I love watching movies. Uh, I really do. And I love talking about movies. Um, but this has been, this has been hard. Uh, lots of life things that are behind the scenes that you may or may not know about what we're up to in our life. We're not getting divorced. <laughs> me, be, me being in Texas and saying we make life, major life changes. We're also not leaving Detroit. Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're not divorcing me, are you? Is this this would be a, a weird way to find out. <laughs> yeah, this would be like the most 2020 way to divorce someone or notify them. <laughs> but no, I'm not doing that. Okay, good. I was like, <laughs> you didn't say no, but okay, good. <laughs> um, we are going to start off this final episode to 31 Days of Horror by talking about the movie I have talked about most, the movie I've seen the most. I've seen this movie hundreds of times. You have seen this movie probably almost probably over a hundred times. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> this is from 1922, directed by F.W. Murnau, Nosferatu. Nosferatu was the very first adaptation of the story of Dracula, and boy, oh boy, did they get in trouble! They tried to delete, try to delete off the universe, try to get rid of all the prints of this movie. And by, like, a miracle, it survived. Um, this is maybe not only one of the greatest horror movies of all time, but possibly the greatest silent movie of all time. And why did they try to, remo- like, burn all the copies of it? Because that was the retribution that Bram Stoker's widow, Dracula, wanted. Because they they shouldn't have made the film, right? They didn't have the so rights. They, yeah, they legally made the film. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and it, it um, somehow survived in, like, pieces, right? Yeah, yeah, there's no full copy of it. So there's a, a copy in Rochester, New York, and in Argentina, and in Germany. And they piece them together to put together what they assume is the real deal. Yeah, and it's it's great that they did, because I feel like so much of cinema has been influenced by this film. Not even just in the horror genre, but in other genres and other techniques of filmmaking and editing and special effects this is uh i would say this is one of my favorite movies however i have watched this movie mind numbing amounts of times (laughs) and why is that Uh, why is that oh the reason that is is because i do a little thing where i play live music to silent movies um i do that around the country i've done that around the country i play live music to silent movies and the one i've done the most is nosferatu uh this movie again seen many times i've written scores that we played by about 100 musicians i think at this point and uh yeah spend a lot of time thinking about this movie yeah we have a deep personal connection with this film but and so that's kind of why we wanted to do this as the last one of 31 days of horror it's not a new movie to us, but it's a very important film to us, and it, it's a very iconic film to others, too. So we want to talk a little bit about it, 
but also its personal influence on us for our art. Yes. Um, this movie is also special because our movie, our movie Dangerous Creation, I having I was struggling to write the screenplay I wanted to write. I just had this image in my mind of our friend Isaiah, the brilliant actor Isaiah Spencer, as Nosferatu, and Nosferatu being a story about the other, and the, the, about demonizing the otherness. And so um, we did it. <laughs> we, made, we made that movie. <laughs> Uh, but we basically use Nosferatu as like a, a floor plan, if you will, to our house. That is dangerous creation. Um, taking ideas from story beats, the very early part of our movie too is very locked in that structure. Wouldn't you agree that like, there's a lot of similarities that you were to play Nosferatu in our movie and compare the two openings. They're very similar. Yeah, I agree. I think the original script was very the framework of it was very based off of the structure of Nosferatu. We lost a little bit of that in editing and filming, which I think is perfectly okay. But That's when, normal. yeah, but like when you rewatch it or when, you know, while we've been working on it, I see, I really see the call outs still and like the different characters who represent the different characters in Nosferatu. And they're, you know, they're not the same. The story's very, very different with our film it's evolved from not really being a vampire thing. We had more of a vampire influence in the script that kind of got pulled away from, which I'm I'm happy about. Um, But you can still see like the callbacks. And so I really like that. I really like that too. Um, Making our movie, making our first feature film, our first real feature film was, was a lot of work and we tried a lot of things, but we were blessed uh, or very fortunate to have uh, a wonderful crew and a one wonderful actors that really dedicated a lot of time and energy. And I think that Nosferatu also had that. There's, I mean, there's even been a movie, even though it's kind of played for laughs. It's kind of a comedy, kind of a horror movie, a shadow of the vampire about the making of Nosferatu, uh, which I really love that movie. Um, it falls off the the third act of that movie is weak sauce of it's Shadow su- of the Vampire. It's a surprisingly good and entertaining film. I thought it was going to be terrible, and it's not. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, Willem Dafoe as Max Shrek or the Nosferatu character is hilarious. Yeah, it's a good one. Um. So, uh, with our movie, we were we we filmed it on location in Vermont. Um, what was that process like for you? I mean. We're, We'll talk about this more in the future, but initially, what was that process like for you filming out in the middle of nowhere? I mean, before we got to Vermont and while we were doing pre-production and planning the shoot, I kept saying over and over again, like, I'm so excited to finally film something. And this is still our first feature, really. Um, But to really focus on filming without distractions, without work, like um, normal day job work. um, Mm -hmm in a remote location where we're all pretty much staying there or in the immediate area of there. And just to like live the dream of a full-time filmmaker. And when we did get there and we started doing it, that was completely delivered. It was like, it was like one of the hardest experiences of my life. One of the most (laughs) exhausting, hardworking thing we've ever done. Like we were up so late every night, minimal sleep for 
eight days straight and completely worth it and the most fun I think I've ever had in my life. How about you? Yeah, I think it was easily the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. I thought that like the process of making this movie was was incredible. I think that in general, um, the the on location elements were, of course, we we didn't know what was going to happen, but we got very very lucky uh, in a lot of chances. Or not even lucky. We just everyone showed up and did the work. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the location was just perfect. It was like it made you really realize how important locations are in your films. So if you're like wanting to make a short film or a feature film, like money well spent on locations, you know, within reason, I know everyone is on a budget or, or maybe like a, a trade situation, get a place that looks nice and that the mood fits your film because our film would not be as strong as it is if we filmed it somewhere else. Like the moodiness of Vermont, the like colors, the everything just like fit in perfectly and is as much of the film as anything else. Yeah, I would, I, I could completely agree with all those, all those statements and, and that was the vibe for sure. Yeah. And uh, I think our film is not quite as like a horror. It, it's a little bit of a horror film. It's more of a thriller, you know, like our influence from Nosferatu was mainly what we were talking about before was like some character structure some act um story structure some themes of like fear of the other and going to a place that's unknown and interacting with this like force um those definitely like carried through into the location itself like Isaiah who plays our main character who is not at all like Nosferatu, but like supposed to be that kind of character. He really does all of his acting in Vermont. And so we had only shot a couple short little things with him before getting there. And just seeing him in his element, like in Vermont, in the place that he's supposed to be, his character is like living and in control of, was just like amazing. It just like transformed the whole experience. It was like, oh, wow, we are making this film. (laughs) And... Like, Caitlin, too. Like, so she's supposed to seem like the outsider. This is not her world. She is stepping into it and, like, learning and pushing back and failing in some ways. And, you know, she did a great job also living that that's in that space. There's Nina and Harker, like they are in Nosferatu. <laughs> well, I think it's Mima, isn't it? Mina, Mina with an M. No, it, well, in I guess it's Ellen. Uh, <laughs> in the original book, it's Mina, it's Mina with an M, but it's like that's not a common name. So Nina is more. It's not a common name anymore. Um, so we and changed it to Nina, and then Harker Hutter. is Hutter. Harker, yeah. And then um, there's one more. Well, we didn't name anyone Knock. Yeah, no, I thought there was... Oh, Lucy. Lucy is a direct name. From 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 Dracula. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, from... Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm all confused now. <laughs> yeah, well, Nosferatu the vampire. Their names are Lucy, Harker, and Mina. Mm-hmm. So, 
That's yeah. accurate to the book. Yep. Uh, so during this 31 days of horror, has it made you not ever want to watch a horror movie again, or has it made you want to make another horror movie? What is your general feeling been during this period? I definitely got a little bit of horror movie fatigue. I mean, we originally started this project because we, I mean, I love horror movies. I think you really like them, but maybe not as much as me. We were like, we just want to watch like a whole bunch of new horror movies and also talk about some of our favorites that we've seen. And I still think like I've been enjoying this whole process and talking about some of these films. Um, But yeah, towards the end, I was just like, oh, I just want to like watch something else because our watching things for fun was kind of like watching things for work. And I did, I felt that way when we were making our film, when you were writing the script and I was kind of help editing and reshaping, we just watched like tons of horror movies and in particular to really address what they did with the story, what they did with pacing, and then how they are shot to really get the emotional reaction from your audience. And I think we did a pretty good job. I think because our film was not quite horror and we didn't have as many scary scenes, it was okay that like we were still in the learning process. But I think after doing this 31 days of horror, I feel like I know so much more about what to do to make like a more traditional horror film or a more labeled horror film with like how to, where to put the camera to really like get the certain reaction and how to tell your actors, you know, how to react and what to show. And then finally, like the pacing of a horror film, like how short should act one be? And then what should the rest of the film look like? How about you? Yeah, I, I think I, I definitely ended up having, like you said, fatigue, horror movie fatigue, uh, doing the 31 Days of Horror. I would love another shot in a horror movie directing it, like a real horror movie, not like a thriller. Um, though genre lines are getting so blurred these days that I don't even know uh, what it, what you know where those genre lines stand. But I would like to make another horror movie in my life and really try to like plan out the scares even more and 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 really try to do this. But I'm honestly excited to be moving my mind into a different sphere for November. Um, I want, we haven't watched very much television this year, it feels like. So I'd like to spend the last couple of months watching a little bit more television, stuff that we haven't watched, um, that we've been interested in. Except and just kind of like free myself from horror for a little bit, like, you know. Yeah. Except I really uh, want to watch The Haunting of Bly House or Bly Manor, even though it's horror. I've been waiting so long for that to come out. Yeah, I know. We've been wanting that forever. So we'll, we'll definitely watch that. But, um, I, I was noticing today when I was going through my downloading movie, a couple movies for the flight home. Um, I was just looking at like all my suggestions are horror movie based. And I definitely don't want to only be suggested horror movies in my life. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I love horror movies. I, I can take a break from them, but I'll come back. Cause I just, and I particularly like what you said, the genre blending ones. And I, even though we want another crack at like a horror film, I think it should still be genre blending, but like with a few more like horrific scenes or yeah. structured around that. So no, this has been really, really fun to do. And I've been really enjoyed analyzing these films and learning about it just by like talking about it with you. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who's listened. And of course we'll keep this up forever. So if you want to go back 
pick out a movie to watch, you want to hear us talk about it, we'll keep this up for, for as long as we possibly can, which is the internet. It's infinite. So, <laughs> so we um, think. <laughs> or so we think. Or so we'd like to think. Um, but thank you so much for everyone who, who listened. And thank you for watching. And happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. We're finishing this recording on Halloween and we're going to put it out today too to wrap this up. So, and yeah, again, thanks for watching and we're really excited to share our next project with you soon. Yeah, uh, thank you. This has been 31 Days of Horror with Obscure Broadcasting Company's podcast, Famous Last Words. Happy Halloween. <laughs>